there's going to be an there's going to be AI in everything. No, there isn't. Come to terms with that now. But yeah, there's going to be one everywhere. All the stuff oh. you've got. Oh, okay. So, with that in mind, what would be the least convenient thing that you use in your everyday life to suddenly go rogue? And don't say an abstract concept or an aspect of your own personality. I got your fucking number, son. No good, because I immediately thought pants. <laughs> oh, that's as great. In, as yes. in underwear, not 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 my jeans. Although that would be problematic because I very. It, my my thirties is the first decade of my life where I finally own jeans that I put on and go, yeah, I look good. So it would be annoying if they went rogue, but, but God, pants which first. Is mu- as much you know. a psychological change as a physiological one. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And you know what, Paul? <laughs> Just uh, I d- don't want my pants to go rogue. I'm not ready to go commando. Oh, see? There's your tagline. The whole thing's called commando, and people think it's some sort of riff on the Schwarzenegger experience. But it's not. But no, it's because your pants went rogue and disappeared at the beginning of the movie and are never heard of again. And the rest of the movie is just you wandering around being a bit worried. Like that thing naked in the park that we discussed in the British Library episode of the Patreon. Oh, yeah, we all remember that. We all Um, remember that. Everybody. I was thinking, yeah, pants go missing, and then it's going to be like half Nelson, where Ryan Gosling's just on smack the whole time. Going, <laughs> trying to get off of it and then not. It can always be like that. Yeah. It will be a Gosling style experience. that's terrible it's meant to be terrible if it's not terrible what's going to stop us i'm paul wade i hope that my love's powerful now i'm not very comfortable it could only be summer or any other season but it's summer (laughs) it's the first of july 2023 here in the uk after a june of cinematic disruption Ooh. Ooh, by which you of... you mean you were thrown out for disrupting this I've been yeah I've, I've been screening to several more. films yeah yeah it's just I don't know I don't know what's wrong with me I just I, I get so angry in a cinema lately well you know Paul there's a new generation about and uh, it's about it's high time yeah. we made Maybe putting in their place yeah put them in their place for for uh living more exciting lives than us <laughs> but yes it's um, It's been a month where safe bets have underperformed and some outsiders have done very, very well before getting pulled Ooh. in order to be put straight on the sc- streaming. Fantastic. So, you know, landscape still sucks, but it's, it's good. Good things are happening. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, the upcoming July that many would say we're actually in, well, with it being, you know, the second July. now, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being July, yeah. Uh, both three of the biggest movies of the year all jostling for screens around the UK and the world. Flip. And there's just a feeling of something in the air when it's coming to big blockbuster movies that uh, yeah. things things might be about to change around here. It's testosterone, mm-hmm. but it's movie testosterone. Whatever whatever osterone uh, movies use to grow big and so, strong and have fights and be insecure with their emotions. Well, I was thinking of nitrate, but that that made me think of like nos. So in many ways, it's nos, like the early noughties. Oh yeah, fantastic. Nos. Oh, Paul, your problem is you've, oh. you, you're, you're placing Nos squarely in the early noughties when Nos is forever, mate. It's not just for Christmas. Oh, Nos is for life. Check yeah. my tattoo. Hashtag Nos for life. <laughs> well, yes, July boasts all of that. Yeah, so there's no better time to continue our quest into the history of recent bad blockbusters Ooh. of the last few decades. 
Last week, Bex and I were in the 90s looking at the critically derided box office smash hit Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Now we're in the noughties for the critically derided box office bomb, Stealth. Navy. I expect nothing less than perfection. I should get you. I bow down before the superiority of the opposite sex in many respects. But from time to time, I believe this bow down before me. Please. You like surprises, Ben? Allow me to introduce the future of digital warfare. And he flies all by himself. You mean itself. It will replace us all. Oh, you think they're gonna trade us all for that machine? We have things those computers can never have, like instincts, feelings, moral judgment. What am I supposed to tell all the weeping mothers that we could have got the job done without sacrificing their sons and daughters, but we decided not to? It's putting all of our lives at unnecessary risk. You want to be on the cutting edge? This is it. to control, we've had a lightning strike. That strike has rewired him somehow. He's aware of himself. What the hell is he doing? It just selected a target. What target? This is a national security crisis. He could kill 50,000 people or more with that load. Austin Powers theme. Which is not the Austin Powers theme. <laughs> For some reason, this is the film I think about when I think of bad noughties blockbusters, even though I hadn't seen it before this. Interesting. Even though we've done X versus... Oh, that's not really a blockbuster, is it? Well, uh... yes. There's. Here's the thing. The post-Matrix era was a couple of years. But then Bourne came in in like 2001, 2, and 3, I think I might say. No, it was a little late in that. The last one didn't come out until 6. It was like... I think it was 2001, (laughs) then maybe... Three and six. Although I'm pretty sure that the second one was 2002. This is boring. Anyway, born 2008 because Marjorie was there. <laughs> <laughs> Marjorie was there, and she knows more about this than any of us ever will. Nevertheless, the Bourne movies came out, mm-hmm. and I feel like that kind of snipped off the Matrix ripoffs. Yeah. And the noughties up until Marvel really kicked in, was something else. And this was yeah. it <laughs> in my head. Heavily yeah. CGI'd, big box office bollocks that's kind of like Transformers. Paycheck? Does Paycheck fit into this era? Yes, I think it would. Because it, It's got that no glossy, awful, yeah. unappealing sheen. Because no one's wearing a PVC or leather jacket or trench coat. But, yeah. no, but it's high cons- does anyone go But there is lots of like Lots of John Woo. my life into pieces. This is my last paycheck. <laughs> ah, that's what this is about. I love that lyric. Nice. Oh god. Yeah. So this is the film. So God, why do I keep doing this? Uh so I just got the impression <laughs> that it would represent everything that was underwhelming about yeah. the first decade of this millennium in terms of blockbusters. Yay. Crucially in terms of blockbusters. There's very little about the failures of New Labour or the Bush administration in here. Although mm-hmm. actually <laughs> When you think, think about, about it. it mm. When you think about it, there's a fair amount of legacy Not stuff even. going on. Yeah, not even thinking about it very much, just a little Not bit very much, no, you just have to get there, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are. Which we did so, eventually. Yes. Hello. We start, we start with screenwriter W.D. Richter. Uh, mm. He's been writing since the 70s, starting Welcome with comedies, the and then 
writing the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and then later, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. Uh, but he also did did not write, but directed The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. So you can check out our episode to hear that whole crazy saga of how that got made. Essentially, I think he got kidnapped. Right. What, <laughs> what episode was this? Was I on it? Uh, no, that was okay. Helen Gaffney. Thank Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> I, you can't do that to me. You have to preface everything with, you weren't on this, Paul, so I can at least uh, <laughs> stop hating myself. There's a 50-50 shot these days, so these days. I wouldn't worry too much about it. These days. So, yeah, this actually, Stealth, was the last film he wrote. Oh. And it started as a spec script called Warrior, about a duel with a drone that malfunctions. Okay. A deadly enemy at the gate style, one-on-one yeah. snipe fest. Nice. But they thought that they wouldn't be able to use too many CGI effects for it. <laughs> they did that yes so rob cohen gets involved the oh, okay. shamed director called out for abusive behavior and sexual assault the bad man mm. uh as we mentioned when we last mentioned him because we keep doing his movies he's um he directed Dragonheart, which was a defense of oh, episode yeah. he did the fast and the furious and yeah. the boy next door so he is a three-man on top of everything oh, else that he's accused of oh i keep giving you money paul this wasn't on I don't... streaming <laughs> services keep... i had to pay for it we keep platforming this man. It's dreadful. Dreadful state of affairs, this podcast. Well, whenever anybody says, well, you can't trust anyone on the left because they just de-platform people they disagree with. They just look at us. Look at look these at idiots. We keep get, we're literally giving them money. <laughs> can't believe I'm about to recommend this film. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <everyone. laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm going to recommend something made by someone even worse. Fantastic. Uh, the film was shot in Thailand, New Zealand, and Australia, although mm-hmm. a lawsuit managed to prevent the film from being shot in gross wilderness area of the Blue Mountains National Park in New South Wales. Hooray! It was only filmed in the rest of Blue Mountains National Park and Flinders Ranges in southern Australia. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, okay. that's, that's, that's something. There, are, there, are, there yeah. are protected areas that are more protected than other protected yeah. areas here. And to be honest, the fact that they managed, they did anything, anyone gave any shit. <laughs> Although, to be yeah. honest, New South Wales, it's a bit, it's, I'm hoping it's going to be a bit better now because we finally have a Labour government there. But um, that's right. right, my politics, everyone. I d- d- don't like the Liberals. What? Um, <gasps> Uh, the, the the capital L liberals in Australia. It's it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, but it. my my God, Paul, the uh, the what's what's the word? The sheer destruction of uh, the natural oh, no! of the natural parts of New South Wales is uh, truly horrifying at the moment. So the That's fact that they were able to do anything, even just like put a little thumbs down and go in response yeah. to it, is is very impressive. So well, I'm going to recommend stealth. Prime Minister's kid lived there. So, <laughs> critics reacted to the film like they'd just been hit in the gut. Stephen Hunter at the Washington Post said, Uh-oh. It's not new. It's not interesting. I wish it would go away. Stephen Hunter there, encapsulating the zeitgeist of modern cinema. <laughs> <laughs> lit- there's nothing else for me to say about any film now. Because <laughs> I'm in an old generation now. I'm the I've old ones everyone. now. Oh, no. Finally. Now time to rest on my wealth. Uh, oh. People don't all automatically agree that the Dark Knight was the best Batman anymore. I'm old. <laughs> no, in that case, the children are wrong. Oh, that's good. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of the children being wrong, Manola Dogus, uh, sorry, Manola Dargus oh, okay. uh, wrote a typically entertaining and illuminating interview for the New York Times. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which she does comment on Jessica Biel's shapely behind. Manola, what are you doing? What are you doing? Manola oh, wouldn't do that. Right here? But also comments on the team of friends uh, bombing every country that they visit, including Myanmar, Tajikistan, North Korea, and a bit of Alaska, which really just makes them seem quite clumsy. (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) Guys. This used to be Russia. (laughs) It's close enough, damn it. (laughs) There's no guns here to defend us off. It's much easier. Uh, she also says that the computer's voice is meant to invoke HAL 9000, mm-hmm. but, and I quote, sounds more like an interminably snotty hotel clerk right before a phone bounces off his head. Manola! <laughs> You've got to take a leaf out of your sister's Manala's book, mate. <laughs> if only Malala Dargus could stop threatening snotty hotel clerks. It's, um, but they won't. It's, it's a real issue. It's really yeah. affecting her cinematic legacy. I remember when it was all about the films, mate. I remember. But does Petrich Farm remember? I don't know enough. I don't want to know. Happens. I don't want to fucking know, mate. Oh, fucking know. The public, meanwhile, must have targets. Oh. The Peter Bogdanovich film. Angus Waterhouse on Google said, Absolutely awful. If you're watching this because Top Gun Maverick isn't out yet, and you just want to see a movie about fighter jets, don't. I probably won't go see Maverick because of this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sound logic there. Where are your priorities? <laughs> Why isn't your brain good? <laughs> What's wrong with your son? <laughs> Can't help it, Dad. <laughs> Can't help it, Dad. You, <laughs> you. Oh fuck! You threw me a lot. Oh, you for threw a game, him a lot for fun. For fun, it was the fun style of child abuse, and it's I know not. I miss it. I miss it. Back in the nineties, Miles. Speaking of which, Miles Dyson himself, Joe Morton. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is a three-man after playing Batman versus Superman. He, after playing Batman wow. versus Superman in Cyborg's dad. And you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell that he played <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Very, very good CGI. Great character. Uh, he was also in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, as some right. scientist. So he is huh? the master of franchises that end up stalling. Fantastic. He might be cursed. Uh, well, at least he had that whole, like, ha, 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 bit. That was a good bit. That was a good bit. It was a really yeah. good bit. I enjoyed it's that just, bit. It's really distracting whenever he's walking down the street and everybody on the street stops to make that noise in unison. <laughs> it's such a shame that that's the quote they remember. I say other things in that movie. Like, oh! <laughs> like, kapla. <laughs> Speaking of kapla, Jamie Foxx is a three-man after Valentine's Day and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Fantastic. Well. Gotta love that. He, um... He deserves it in this. I just saw you pause again, and I was like, what, "More child stuff, really?" Are we... <laughs> oh, how's he going to link this back to his trauma? <laughs> and finally, Jessica Biel uh, is a foreman after New Year's Eve, Valentine's mm. Day, next, and stealth, stealth, and stealth, um, yeah. next, next. Fair enough. New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. I think in New Year's Eve she was one of the mums who was dueling to get the baby out on time. Yeah. Valentine's Day less. So much. I don't remember Valentine's Day very well at all. I've based my whole career on not remembering Valentine's Day. I don't know if I could name you any of the stories except the Jamie Foxx one, where he's a news reporter and one of the football players is coming out as gay. 
Is that the one mm. where Julia Roberts is flying home? No, that's New Year's Eve. I don't, I don't know, Paul. The thing is, I don't remember I any of them. I can't get that Jeremy Irons film out of my head. <laughs> the Dungeons um, and Dragons. That's the one. The the love and other <laughs> was it love weddings and other disasters. Oh, you're right. Yes, yeah. that was also in there. And yeah. it's also garbage. That that had a Gary Marshall feel. Someone was. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Anne Hathaway is working as a phone sex worker. I've got one. Okay. And she keeps doing it at the office. I got, got one. one. I don't He's know who one. Jessica Biel was in that movie, All but right. I did get Fucking one. Fucking move on. We've got one. Move on. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. The film, this one, here. Stealth, has 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.1 on IMDb, mm-hmm. 58% on Google. Wow. Quite low. And yeah. made only $79 million on a $135 million budget, making it one of the biggest box office bombs in history. Oh. So, Paul, you tin man. Tim. Trunching away? Uh, absolutely, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. specific, specifically, uh, trunching away for Josh Lucas and his lovely face. And by trunching, oh, I, I have a different understanding of the word trunching. And yes. face. And face. I love, his, I love his face in this. It was, I enjoyed mm. being that close to his face. And um, it's good I, because I he was in it a lot. I don't know if it's because I just know him best as the boyfriend from The Hulk, the really bad one, but I just expect him to be an asshole all the time. Maybe, you know, if you'd have just accepted Josh Lucas into your heart, Paul, it would have, you know, it would have healed by now. I feel like he's got a douchey face. Yeah. I feel like he's got resting douche face. But I think, like, the true magic of Josh Lucas is that he can... He can. He stands. He he treads that line well, you know. And he can he can turn out a douche performance, and he can turn out a, a stealth performance. And I fuck <laughs> look an Oscar-winning stealth performance. So stealth that he wasn't nominated. <laughs> they didn't know. They couldn't see it. I, ironically, yes, it is a very stealthy performance. You really can't detect him at all in this. Anyway, let's get into the plot. All right then. All right. We start with the Columbia picture logo. Whoa, where'd it go? <laughs> oh my oh god. My... Whoa, some text is flying into the sky. It says there are fancy jets now, and they're Aww. all in the US military. Sweet. There are only three people who are capable of flying them, all American. No- Whoa, here's the title. Oh, ah. oh my god, everyone. Well, you've got to fly the you've got to use the best to fly the best machines to pull the big weighty Mission Impossible 2 font around. <laughs> Fuck yeah, mate. Tell him to the Sam site's been arrested. Now that's how you do it. That one three, that was shit hot. Tell him one, I expect the same out of you. And we meet our hero, the Hulk's bully. Uh, Beale Strift, Sand Strift, for now. Mm-hmm. And Electro. Electro, Electro, Electro. Um, yeah, they're flying around. Ooh, yeah. the the, mu- the music is doing it's it's gold member. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and... it's X versus Sever and Austin Powers. It's <laughs> smushed together at last. Thank God, it's like when Sparks was with Franz Ferdinand. There's a contemporary <laughs> reference for you all. Fuck yeah, uh, I know music. I know music. I watched that movie. So, yeah, the US Navy headquarters is very advanced. Look at all those LEDs. It's like a gamer's bedroom. It's so advanced up in here. It's, uh, and- God, they haven't quite got the talking uh, Apple Mac from th- the thing, but, you know, well, they're getting there. 
Um, They're going to... Well, I mean, that's kind of the premise. But at the moment, we have CGI planes flying right at us, and the camera's all shaky. Whoa! Whoa. And the, the stuff is computer animated, and it's all happening so damn fast. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, it was all a test, though. It was all a test. A, Take that. It was all a test. Bond. That mission wasn't real. What about those miniguns? <laughs> yeah, they had people firing them. Look, I've those got to tell you, Jamie Foxx, please stop strafing those guys. <laughs> America's a dangerous place. Just ignore them. <laughs> That's that, that, What's up? That's that's a farmstead. What's up, YouTube? Thank you for subscribing to Bill's Guns and Chips. I'm gonna review some great chips later on. At the moment, I'm gonna review my new gun. It's an M32 US Ed anti-aircraft <laughs> minigun, and I'm gonna use it to shoot some bird. <laughs> Lock in gun heads, gun faces. <laughs> uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> it's the only way I'm gonna be able to afford that Lawsuit. that fucking aircraft carrier. <laughs> Conducted my own reconnaissance trips. Um, get them at Bed Bath and Beyond in America. It's fucking broken. Wild, if you believe Michael Moore, and I do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but it was the all last a test. The matter. And, and then yeah. they have a they have a debrief where Sam Shepard comes in, and Sam Shepard also reminded me of somebody from uh, the Hulk franchise. And it's like a, a <laughs> mix between the various old white men who all have like those southern sort of yeah. accents. Damn um, that. We probably should have watched Ang Lee's The Hulk. God, I love that. I love Angley's The Hulk. That's the best one. It's the best one. And here we've got a dialogue scene. And why the awkward naturalistic staging, obnoxious close-ups and shaky cam and quick cuts? Oh, Bourne movies. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, cool, Okay, cool. good. Gotta okay. please everyone. Um, Christ, but... remember when that was the mold? <sighs> wild, wild time. Sam, so Sam Shepard does a, now, what do you think you did wrong? And Jessica Biel says, well, I think I did this wrong. And Josh Lucas goes, I know what this is dude you're trying to get a you, this is a trick we didn't do anything wrong at all it was perfect even jessica beale's mistake it's perfect and sam shepherd goes yeah it was oh, fuck yeah you guys in spite of that you're getting a fourth pilot oh yeah. no but they have such a good chemistry together i can already tell oh, i can't wait to spend the entire movie with these guys it's an hour 40 two hours oh really two hours you say Paul looks down at his uh, note complimenting the, the chemistry between Jessica Biel and Josh Lucas. <laughs> I'll bring that up later. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Sam, so Sam Shepard, like, we have a scene where they're all listening to a different track and they're all listening to different oh, music that. and they're all preparing for the, the mission and the new wingman. The new oh. wingman. And, um, they also Jess- go to a bar and the two guys make out with some navy floozies whilst Biel just kind of hangs out. Looks wet. <laughs> she, she's a girl, so. Oh, yeah, she she's not any. allowed. Well, yeah. I wrote down that they went to the Corova Milk Bar because it looks fucking <laughs> wild. The droogs are in the background. They're just... <laughs> it's, a navy, it's a standard military bar in this wonderful vision of the future that could be waiting for you kids if you sign up to the US Navy today. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. Because war... Ah, uh, yeah. What is it good for? This. Everything. Good venues. You want some poontang, so... boy? Stop talking to <laughs> so me you... like that. It's horrible. Officer, so you'll be joined in your sexy new assignment by an AI. Oh, couldn't the stealth bomber be flown by a real graphic artist? This is bullshit. (laughs) Ah! This is what the left want, apparently. (laughs) If we say so, that means it's true. Um, (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) actually, that did remind me. There's just there's a moment later when somebody's talking about wasting American tax dollars on something. And I thought, how weird a fucking line that was. <laughs> um, is it when they want to rescue Beale's Drift? Maybe. Or is it Beale about the... Drift. 
destroying the AI. Uh, oh, getting oh, ahead okay. of ourselves because uh, everyone's listening to this plot recap thinking, oh, the AI is probably going to be good, right? It's probably going to be a good guy. Probably um, going to be a good guy. Well, let's find out because it's yeah. time for the first mission. Three terrorist bosses are having a big team meeting together. You know, it's the AGM, I think, of terrorism. They, ha- so, they went to um, Laser ha- Quest and now they're, they're, they've settled in. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, these guys are really bonded, actually. They're going to do some really good projects together. Do some really good and terrorism. You have to wonder how the Americans knew about it because they're all being so discreet. But oh no, there's loads of civilians about. I hate it when terrorists go around those. Ah, oh, this is going to take some tricky dicking right here. So they do a lot of bullshit to implode the building harmlessly, except for terrorists, and for then terrorists. pull out. Yeah. yeah. Just... It's a shame that these bombs have to be delivered at such close range. It is, it is a shame. But, you know, you got they had to do it in such a specific way to make an entire building collapse. Uh, yeah. But the, but the stealth bot comes up with it and suggests it and josh lucas says i don't fucking think so mate you're i didn't want you on this t- uh on this team protecting all of our lives i'm gonna do it yeah. and uh everyone yeah. says no don't josh you'll black out like you black out getting up from the toilet the goes, that was different yeah. that was different <laughs> and he proves them that was wrong. a thing yeah proves them wrong proves himself right he does it yeah and he blacks out for <gasps> about half a second and it's and it's Only half a second and that's not enough for him to crash fully into anything he clips a sign and you know that's just that's just what happens in, in foreign countries. It's fine. I've blacked out like five times since we started this episode. And I couldn't tell. Yeah. Actually, I feel, very, I feel fairly rejuvenated, so. <laughs> it's like a little nap in your brain. <laughs> so the AI is struck by lightning, ruining its science DNA and driving it mad. Oh, no. The weather. No. We didn't have <laughs> damn hubris. In all of my blueprints <laughs> and my dreams. Why, d- why did I put DNA in this plane? <laughs> why did I make it? Why, why did I put it in a, in a box that was easily, you know, easily conducted electricity that's in the sky? <laughs> oh, funny they were made out of cheese. Like I wanted. So Hulk Bully meets up with uh, the, t- the lab technician, Thomas Middleditch, who says some Timus. fairly innocuous stuff. He says some fairly innocuous stuff, but mm. they do it with the HAL 9000 uh, thing where he's reading their lips, so he's going to go even more insane. Yeah. I saw how serious that shit is up there. So I think it's only fair that I tell you that Eddie's been designed to evolve. It's just unpredictable. Okay, wait, let me ask you something. Just between you and me, do you have confidence in this plane? There's your answer. But uh, yeah, more because you know, if there's one thing that uh, super intelligent AI don't like, it's criticism. And, um, <laughs> How dare you? Who's the real billion-dollar computer around here? I think it's me. Well, <laughs> Tim. Actually, actually, it's me. And Middle Dish's face falls off. Ah! But also, <laughs> this thing has access to every song ever written, and has decided that he's identified the very best one. <laughs> Off for Tim, please. At least it's a good song. He uh, downloads songs from the web. Yeah? How many? All of them. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna save, <laughs> I'm gonna save this hallmark of early noughties counterculture for when I'm killing all civilians. <laughs> um, oh Christ! Yeah. Now. Look, I want you three to go on holiday together, and that's an order. But do it! So <laughs> Fine. They go off to Thailand. And Fo- Fox uh, flirts with a lady. Fox, oh, Fox that's going to be his character trait. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's a lady, and then that works somehow. 
Fox Fox plays um, the note I made was Fox plays the scene from Armageddon that they all have before they do the trip before they go to the moon <laughs> all his own <laughs> yeah <laughs> he does that whilst we get to objectify Beale a bit which is good you know consistency is important we had a nice close up on some breasts earlier and now yeah. And now I've got it from an A-lister. But you've got to, you've got to appreciate the, the, the sheer muscle tone in her legs, Paul. It's very impressive. You do. You do. I don't, I'm not entirely sure that was to be the focus. but Yeah, but I don't case, give a fuck what everyone wants me to focus on. You, you keep asking me to watch these films and I haven't done a single one. <laughs> I haven't done anything wrong, so. And uh, Josh Lucas is there in some very comfy briefs. Lovely. What a lovely Oh, man. lovely. Something for the ladies. You can imagine oh. him lounging around the, the house. You can imagine what to get cheese it. Yeah, you can imagine the hoodies that you'd have that you could you could steal. <laughs> that'd be quite nice. Be so lovely. they do another mission. Uh, this time to blow up a very angry army. Hate those. But uh, Beal isn't happy because Terrorism. of all the collateral damage again. God, what is it with this chick? It's like a favorite thing to talk about. It's like she doesn't even like killing innocents. I know, right? Really getting in the way of. My war boner. Sort of my I period have. or something. I don't know. I don't know women. Um, and... I don't know what these, this uh, dialogue is, you know, that we're all having on a national basis. But I'm very eager to take part and take up as much room as possible. So Fantastic. they are bored. But the bloody AI, he goes and does it anyway. He's become so numb. Oh. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Let me, just, let me just pop on some incubus. Okay. <laughs> now I'm ready to oh, kill well. civilians. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone says when they listen to Incubus. <laughs> oh well, in for a penny, so they all shoot their missiles. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh well, we we can all agree the AI did it first, right? <laughs> yeah, it's his fault. Cut to the tech guys. The tech guy who invented the plane, and he's got a sexy lady in an evening dress bringing him his phone. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Not only <coughs> that, it's Richard Roxburgh, mate. It's Richard fucking Roxburgh playing Keith Orbit. Elon bust. <laughs> Elon. He gets Orbit. called. He gets called in to try and fix it. And I don't think that goes anywhere at all, so I may or may not mention that again. There's, there's, uh, he, he comes up later in the movie. Yeah, he's in a scene. I don't know if anything happens as a result. Um, it furthers Sam Shepard's plans to... And his villainous arc, which leads yes. to him taking his own life. Spoiler alert. Well... Fuck. They try and reason with the AI, but there's just too much techno playing, so he can't hear them. And uh, consequently, Jamie Foxx dies. No, he was such a rich character. Oh, well. He survived by so many uh, witnesses <laughs> to his deeds. Oh, well, time to have a funeral uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. No time what, for that yet. No time to, this is, <laughs> to, to we're fucking gonna get the most. deconstruct this. Yeah. It's 21 grams now. So um, so they deal with their grief in their own special ways, which is to go crazily hunting the AI, and um, and and then Jessica Biel gets shot down and lands in North Korea. Just before that happens, there's a moment where she's refueling, and the arrival of the plane seems to be heralded by Teen Rock just in the distance. <laughs> very much enjoy seems to because it is and oh uh, and the plane also and i swear to god this is what is implied by the imagery in the, of the film in this context sexually assaults a refueling station yes it did feel like that didn't it <laughs> it definitely is what happened there 
Yeah. So, yes, Beelstrife bails on her plane before it explodes and then provides some very helpful commentary on her way back <laughs> down to Earth. There's, there's burning debris everywhere. It's, it's all over the sky. It's, it's going to catch me. It's going to burn up my chute. I've got to pop closer to Earth. i got to, I got to reset. From 5,000 feet. 2000. Gotta stay ahead of this. For anyone who's just not paying attention very much. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, it's it's not yeah. it's not just the younger generations. Paul, get a job. It's uh, it's 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 all of us. This is around the time when I paused the movie because I realised that I hadn't been watching it for the last five minutes. Um, I just been I just <laughs> been happens. looking at other things. I just been on the internet, just like looking at stuff that I don't even care about. <sighs> and, and I went, oh oh, there it goes. I do typically insist that you you put your phone inside at least a block of ice that will melt by the I, time the film's finished. It's not on my phone, mate. It's no. on the laptop on which I take notes. Well, this is no good. I need you to start taking handwritten notes or to start shaving them into shark. <laughs> into a shark. Into a shark, mate. Look. Well, it's just, it's a very distressing scene because this woman is falling to earth and the control people just look so mildly annoyed by it. Yeah, well, this is going to be a whole faff, isn't it? She's going to kick well, up. She's going to get all hysterical about the fact that she's stuck in North Korea, a supposed hostile yeah. state. Mm. She's, you know, it, it's such a, a horrible situation that sooner or later one of them's going to say something. So, anyway, she's in North Korea now, and Lucas is in trouble because all the fuel came out of the seemingly unnamed and uh, unmanned and unmonitored fueling station. So, a ring of fire is created in the sky. What could he possibly do to escape? Four of the directions are cut off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, um, but never, never mind. He 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 reverts to his last resort, which is landing in Alaska. Yeah, yes, he lands in Alaska, um, in North Korea, um, which is very unlucky that she landed there, considering everything that's going on. Uh, Beale Sands uh, drift uh, strips off some of her clothing. Ah, she's Beale Strip once again. Fantastic. Now I've, I feel safe. I can have opinions yeah. again. Um, <laughs> she she runs behind a rock and uh, mm. finds an an MP7 submachine gun that she had somewhere. Best not ask. Well, she didn't mention it in in the in her descent to Earth, so I can't understand where it would have come from. <laughs> I'm falling and I'm being weighed it. down by only my machine gun and my clothes, my <laughs> boots, my hair, my emotions and baggage. <laughs> Emotional baggage. Yeah. God, I hope Josh Lucas saves me. <laughs> That's another dogfight, which isn't very good. So the AI degrees <laughs> to just stop for a bit because they're both yeah. a bit bored. Um. Oh, I mean, yeah. We we get an impression of North Korea as just this surreal hellscape where every single citizen works together to find this horrible American woman. Then he crashes into Alaska, which is uh, yeah, okay, very good. Thank and they you. go to inject him with something, but luckily he's an anti-vaxxer, so he fights it off and refuses it's... the treatment of his own men who are trying to drug him. Yeah, well, it's 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 um the game's given away when he says to the doctor, "I don't want it," and then the guy immediately just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you little son. fuck. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah he dies immediately. And, and then he goes, right, I got a feeling that Richard Roxburgh's here, so I'm going to put my game face on and start <laughs> shooting some people. Because um, Richard Roxburgh's been, been invited slash yeah. cut, forced uh, to this to this hangar in Alaska. Uh, ah, yes, insulting. here we go. He's made to yeah. reset the AI to, to back before he got hit by evil lightning. He's got to wipe it all, but he can't because it's so beautiful now. Listen to it. I don't know any more shitty Naughty's butt rock to quote, but um, I will. I will play something. Um, look, it's the sharpest tool in the shed. 
Um, I can't delete this. So, <laughs> fuck yeah, though. Listen to that techno. Josh Lucas is on his way. And he bursts in. And uh, he shoots everyone and uh, gets into the robot plane to save his girlfriend from North mm. Korea. I feel like I'd be having more fun if this was made in the 90s. But yeah. um, anyway, oh, no. the AI is like, anyway, we better blow open the hangar doors. Oh, sure. Oh, that was the wrong missile. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking largest explosion you ever see in your fucking <laughs> life goes off. Bigger than the one in Terminator 2 when she when she's asleep and dreaming of the nuclear holocaust. Um, <laughs> Hamilton is melting in the corner <laughs> along with the Nazis from Raiders of the Lost Ark. God damn it, you're only supposed to blow the bloody door off. But instead you use one of the missiles clearly labelled final 30 minutes of the movie. Oh, well, you better cut <laughs> you find half one of the missiles It's like, oh God, help, God save us all, I've become deaf. <laughs> so to blow open the door, God damn it. A hundred men ragdoll <sighs> off into space. And, um, it's like when you accidentally use your most powerful weapon with limited ammo on a grunt. It's like, <laughs> fuck, pretty oh, good though. It was very cool. <sighs> um, yeah. Weapon, weapon toggling. And, 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 <sighs> this, and, and this is the moment when, when Nell comes uh, I, 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 Nell comes back into the room after not yeah. seeing the rest of the movie. And I've said, yeah, you know, it's bad, but um, it, it, has its, it has its moments. And there's a, there's a, it's not as bad as our usual fare. And then the final 30 <laughs> minutes happens. And, oh, Paul, it's... The, they, their main it's... concern then became how to throw corpses as far as possible. <laughs> God bless them. Uh, there that. is a shot of Sky News, though, which forces me to imagine all of this happening in the real world. And that's just... Very dumb. Andrew Bolton talking about it. <laughs> and I just want to know what Jeremy Corbyn has to say about this. <laughs> Coming up at nine, the Americans are doing this shit again. So We love him. He's ordered not to risk his life for Beale Strith, but god damn it, god damn it, there's some hero shit to be done around here. And the yeah. jet agrees. And he <clears> puts <throat> a little thumbs up on his LED display. It's like, yeah. And, and then you're, you're, He's good now. He's a cool jet now. Oh, thank God, and it plays some Kid Rock. So you know it's finally um, this is. <laughs> so you know he's changed. <laughs> <laughs> he's essentially Kit from uh, Knight Rider now, so it's yeah. all good. Buddy cop movie yeah. is the note that we both made, <laughs> independent of one another. <laughs> Miles Dyson comes and confronts the uh, bad general dude really hard, so he goes and kills himself. You can't come back from that. No, not from Miles Dyson. You can't. Once you've had the dice, you'll never. Oh, yeah. You'll never suffice. In your own sense. <laughs> In your own estimation of yourself. Yeah. Beale is up against a Korean base now, and her oh. machine gun has infinite ammo, but very low damage, so she's kind of stuck. Yeah. She decides to opt for a rock instead, and she's about to brain a fucking dog when our bloody heroes arrive and scare the dog off by blowing up a city. This is how you remind me. <laughs> for some reason, it was, I thought you were going to. This is how we do it. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> Let me lick you up and down. He's changed so much. <laughs> Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? There's no song you can sing that I can't think of a more commercial one. <laughs> From a completely different genre instead. Okay, uh, I was about to say, how about this? And then I was going to proceed to sing Dane Bowers and Victoria Beckham's Out of Your Mind, which is, which is the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> then I come over with a really obscure hip-hop reference. <laughs> oh, God. God, he's Anyway. Good. They've only got one missile left, but conveniently it's the exact size of the enemy army. <laughs> so it does, it does okay. There's cool sniper guy from behind enemy lines yeah. is here. Yes. And he's about to kill uh, Hulkley. But Beale yells, which totally distracts him. Not very, not very good, you see. 
You see, this is a continued thread from last week. Kevin Costner would have made that shot and murdered Josh Lucas. No matter the psych out, but... Some fi- <laughs> he was you know- up against Alan Rickman and he managed to keep his concentration. <laughs> so, you know, do what you want, mate. I'll be fine. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, mate, foreigners don't train their, their armies very well. So um, Thank God for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but he- the AI sacrifices himself. No, he was so human, I think. He loved Incubus. <laughs> They have a big funeral with a picture of Jamie Foxx there, and I really wish there was also a picture of the AI on the same deck. <laughs> In that picture that he's got with the band members Just... of Incubus. <laughs> Incubus are there with their hats and their hands. <laughs> he, his favourite <laughs> album was Science. <laughs> it's such an honour to meet a fan! <laughs> so they finally, yeah, finally our two heroes, you know, get together after yeah. some talk about sexy maths. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah, there was a whole bit earlier about Jamie, Jamie Foxx being like, you, if you love her, it's, it's got to be the most powerful love ever, you dick, because uh, you don't want to ruin <laughs> her chances of being a female in the army. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, because that'll definitely happen. You'll become the career guy. She'll stay home with the kids. Mm-hmm. So they got to do that. A fun word gets to be the last one in the movie, and that's the end. Just tell me you'll love me, you pussy. <laughs> oh, but there's a post credit scene. Frank Langella comes out of the goop. <laughs> I'll get you next time. The computer's still alive. Yay? The music's really sinister, even though he became friend at the end, so I don't know what mm. to make of that. And then a song comes on. Well, a song in the credits comes on before that, which sounds like they've taken two people singing different songs without knowing they're being recorded and they haven't finished their own songs. <laughs> sell synopsis and they self-perception. Love that. It's very I've got confused. to love that. It's very confused by all of this, Paul. Well, doesn't that bespeak the film? Because, uh, the stealth yeah, experience. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we yeah, are, indeed. The stealth how Paul, how was your stealth experience? It was a mixed bag, Paul. Um, mm. I, I alluded to this earlier in the episode, and by alluded, I mean I said it. That. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah, that's what that was. Uh, <laughs> that noise. It, it, was, it was a confusing one because from minute one, I could feel the hard on this film has for the military pushing into my back. And it oh, was, yeah. And it, and it was just it was just desperate to, to, you know, for me to touch it. And it <laughs> the, the, a, a lot of this movie was cheesy military enthusiasm and, mm. ki- and, and kitschy action sincerity, all with yeah. either with like that. Matrix X versus Sever, dun, 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 or Pearl Harbor, yeah. the soundtrack, and yeah. uh, which was so wildly off the mark for this full throttle, uh, uh, dogfight movie. Yeah. Um, and you know we'll get into a lot of the other like rubbish stuff, but there, there was stuff there that I liked. I I really okay. did like Josh Lucas and Jessica Biel, and I thought they had chemistry. Mm. Um, I, I, there was an easiness that the two, the two of them had with one another that I found kind of charming. Um, and the, the dialogue, something about the dialogue, it suggested, you know, it suggested characters who had something to say and, and who yeah. had their own opinions. The dialogue itself wasn't amazing, but I went into this movie expecting it to be either just stock standard expository dialogue or um that like 
you know, director who think uh, a screenwriter who thinks they're hilarious and it's just full mm. of these w- just obvious jokes that are not funny and it's very cringy to watch. But all these characters had their own ideas of like artifice mm. and these things they wanted to say, and it felt very like true to the characters. So, wow, yeah, it it was, and 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 to be fair, like no, to be clear, in response to your wow. I didn't think this was a good film, but I, I, I wasn't expecting it to, like, these things to jump out at me. Um, okay. But they did. Well, good. Mm. Um, none of that jumped out to me. Like, I didn't find yeah. the chemistry any in, in any way involving, mm. and all of the dialogue seemed entirely arbitrary. I think mm. what struck me first was the obviously stunning unoriginality of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's Top Gun 2001 and Behind Enemy Lines with maybe a dash at the sum of all fears. Take those movies out, and there's mm-hmm. just a handful of screenwriting cliches and now tells. Yeah. yeah. But you know, hey, originality is non-existent after all. More troubling, troublingly for me, mm-hmm. I think there was an incongruity here, and I think it's the fault of sexual predator Rob Cohen. Okay. The film is the third movie he made in the noughties after huh. the Fast and Furious and Triple X or uh-huh. XXX. And I think this movie makes more sense in that context because all mm. three have this similar attempt to engage male teenage audiences with big explosions, frenetic camera work, yeah. and Naughty's rock music kind of insinuating an anti-authoritarian coolness, mm. um, which obviously then is working very much at odds with the sort of pro-military um, Tom Clancy-esque you know, kind of experience with yeah. a sci-fi twist, and it's not well-suited to Cohen's one-size-fits-all approach, which sees us li- go from very sort of gritty footage of street-level stuff to the sort of ridiculous... Um, G.I. Joe-esque cockpit sequences, Mm. which could, hey, with a little more development, almost feel like the point that, you know, what feels like a video game to the Americans is real horrible life for the people on the street. Yeah. I don't know. It it doesn't feel like the script would have been better if it had been directed by someone more appropriate for that kind of material. Someone like Tony Scott, Len Wiseman, or even Mm. Michael Bay at this stage. There's, for me, there was no interesting character theme or plot. Mm. And you know, fair enough, action movies have gotten by without any of that if the action is good. Yeah. Bringing me to my last point. For a summer action movie, you know, action is important. And this yeah. is why I think, I always think this is the quintessential blockbuster of the Norseys because it is just so ugly to me. Mm. You know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves had a lot of problems, especially if you take Alan Rickman out, but it's at least looked and sounded great. Yeah. It looked and sounded the business of a big movie that people could get excited about. Yes. This movie has an ugly CGI-infested mm. aesthetic that is just so uninspiring. I get yeah. no visceral excitement out of the flying sequences, no. and a lot of this movie is the flying sequences. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's such yeah. a meandering movie. It, 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 yes. It, it's far too long, and, and mm. any, like... Like I agree that this script with a different director wouldn't be any better because in between, you know, the the these moments that got me excited is 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 maybe a, a too strong a word, but it my ears my, you know, pricked my ears up, got me involved, made me think, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's just uh-huh. that thought of, oh, that's interesting. Um, all those thoughts they don't go anywhere. So there's a discussion. Yeah, there is that discussion of you know the reason josh lucas opposes the use of the ai technology is that it makes war more like a video game and war isn't supposed to be fun it's supposed to be supposed to be horrible and you know uh making it less horrible uh for the instigators is 
that's it's going to remove a lot like of that. moral responsibility. And you know that's yes. a good point. Uh, but yeah. it, but then the next scene is list, is Incubus <laughs> or some other <laughs> new metal band as they're all riding around going woo <laughs> and, and yeah, fucking bombing that's civilians. Rob, that's the Rob Cohen. It's yeah. like. It, that's the bit that's Fast and Furious or Triple X. You know, mm. it's trying to be both of these things, and yeah. it just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Yeah. So and and so it do, it does mean that you have these conversations, and then you have these action scenes that are, like you say, completely yeah. from different <coughs> movies, essentially, or should yeah. you know, should be. And it yeah. means there's no connection really between the two. And it meant that come the hour mark, um, it, uh, the the two felt completely unrelated and every time there was an action scene my brain did just switch off anytime there yeah. was an action scene i did just i'd come to almost and find that i was just looking at imdb or something and yeah. and and because I, I don't know it's like the movie doesn't want you to think too hard about it i guess it's like yeah. oh, it's interesting to have this idea yeah but we don't want people to think that this is uh you know uh pretentious film so let's just have some shots of us blowing some shit up and yeah. and yeah, it just makes it kind of just makes so much of it meaningless, and it really it did feel long, especially at an hour and fifteen, where you know it is just this it's this supposedly full throttle dogfight movie yeah. about AI, and then Beale lands in North Korea, and then like it just changes the pace and makes it even more meandering. Yeah, yeah, so. I think. It is emblematic for me of why I tend to why I tend to hold bad noughties action films mm. in less affection than bad nineties action films mm. and earlier. Because lazy filmmaking got a whole bunch lazier after CGI became standardized. And yeah. there's some nice explosions here and some good little gun exchanges mm-hmm. in the North Korea sections, which yeah. you know, doubtlessly in a tens blockbuster would have been CGI as well. Like mm. the gunfire would have been yeah. CGI, the you know, the explosions would have been CGI, you'd have yeah. told, uh, you know, that, that horrible, like, fuzzy effect that fire has when it's a CGI explosion. Yeah. That would have been in there. So that is one saving grace that they still had to do some things practically yeah. here and actually put some stuff on screen. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot here to suggest, that suggests the kind of summer movies that I currently find mm. quite tedious. Like, you can kind of see in the beginning here, like, if I think of Black Adam or Shazam. Yeah. You know, obviously oh, this God. movie is better than those. Yeah. It's better than either Black Adam or Shazam, but That's something like you can see the DNA here. Yeah. In its favor, I will say that pre-Marvel and pre-Michael Bay's Transformers, bad comic relief in this era is way less grating. I know it can be grating. I was here mm. for Judge Dredd a few weeks ago <laughs> with Rob Schneider, <laughs> but yeah. Rob Schneider is an outlier. He's not typical of comic relief, of, of bad comic relief. Yeah. This movie demonstrates that you know, in general, comic relief was a few bad quips, yeah. you know, Jamie Foxx maybe, you know, doing some stuff, but it wasn't, like, in your face, oh, God, yeah. please stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> style. Yeah. Which was a relief. Yes, for sure. And, you know, even compared to something like Armageddon, you know, which came before True. this, it, it, is, it, it was nice, because the bits that weren't interesting were at least not uh, offensive uh, yeah. in, in that gratingness. But <clears throat> it's the Bay effect. Yeah, fucking hell. Just leave. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Um, but <laughs> the we've had this conversation before about older movies. You know, like the con- the conversation about Conan or Conan the Barbarian. And oh how, yeah, you yeah. Know, there's no doubt that the um insane director would have. <laughs> well, no, he's he's an insane man, so he might have <laughs> just yeah. insisted on people actually getting hurt and and stuff. But yeah. so many people would, you know. Would Ridley Scott have relied on prosthetics if uh, CGI was a 
CGI yeah. was as pre- prevalent then as it is now. Um, well, Prometheus, you know, tells a story, you know, in, which which does have some good practical effects in it. Yeah. So okay. It well, depends. Depends on the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's about it. I think but I think finish definitely would have. Oh yeah, I think finishing this mo- this movie review with a yeah, yeah. <laughs> then petering yeah. out is is pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, after all, we want to be positive, Paul. So I don't want to be too much of a dampener on no. on your on the things that you liked about the movie. And in Quickfire, okay. like I'm sure we will find some oh, of those yeah. things again. Mm. Um, because yeah, the war is meant to be terrible. Monologue is in you know my list. Yeah. It is a good monologue. Yeah. It's a good point. It's just yeah, I, it's just I didn't feel there was the character behind them to sort of back up that that way of thinking. That yeah, no, yeah, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Mm. All right, well let's okay, let's Quickfire. Quickfire. Josh Lucas's smile and his general <laughs> bonhomie during the brief, the debrief, I did find bonhomie. His his bonhomie. His bon his bon me sandwich, I thought was wonderful. A bon. Uh, I I really enjoy the stealth font. Very cheesy, very mm-hmm. naughty, it's very yeah. X two United nice. kind of thing. I just yeah, I enjoyed that. The scene of our heroes, of our um, team gang, all preparing for their own way for the next mission. You've got, I can't remember what Josh Lucas is doing, but um, Jessica Beale's listening to Kasabian's LSF as she's studying, which is great. I loved hearing Kasabian. And then, you know, Jamie Foxx yeah. just fucking dances topless a bit. But I, <laughs> I, but I enjoyed the idea of having them all listening to different tracks and yeah. specifically just hearing Kasabian because I haven't thought of Kasabian in a, <laughs> in a good decade. It just seemed like such a stretch to me that these three people would be listening to. Maybe Jamie Foxx is okay, but the other two, like they would be sat listening to what to me just sounded like teen music. Just <laughs> maybe, made me smile. Teen music. It felt like they were just like, we want to put a soundtrack album out with this. Yeah. So. Get him in. Look, Paul, Kasabian were a real band that adults enjoyed. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. <laughs> but I will begrudgingly accept your your version. I believe that you believe that. <laughs> it's not how I remember it, but I admit, <laughs> I, I, I want to acknowledge your experience. Thanks, mate. Um, there were some real explosions, and I want mm. to credit that, mm. culminating in the obviously absolutely extraordinary explosion of the gate mm-hmm. at the end that sees just so many mannequins and stunt people yeah. thrown <laughs> through the air for no reason. Fuck it's such me. a needlessly large explosion. It's 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 amazing. It just keeps every shot it just wonderful. gets bigger and bigger and more people get yeah. thrown <laughs> a million miles away. Um, it's marvelous. Well but like when they blow up like uh I think they do like a bunk buster thing where like a bomb goes into like a a thing and then you see it explode and then there's a little ancillary explosion implying mm. that there was a little side tunnel that led there. Uh, That's yeah, good stuff. Cool. Good explosion. Well, yeah, two two at the end of the movie then. Um a stuntman gets shot off a tower. Uh, oh yeah. When uh I think I think it's when Jessica Beale is just assaulting this uh <laughs> this garrison. Yeah. And he gets shot off a tower. Gun. And the velocity with which he leaves the platform is incredible. As in, like, it's, it's, it's not credible. It, it just, it, it looked physically impossible. Like, his, his, feet, his feet left the ground like a, a team had a rope around his ankles. And they just fucking tugged him as he flew Love into it. death. And then Josh Lucas, when he's saving Jessica Biel from, uh, from this sniper... 
Uh-huh. He's behind a rock, and then he puts the gun up to his eye line. Yeah. And he pulls the trigger once, and I think, oh, just once, huh? Okay, is it a sniper rifle? And then it, the, it cuts to the soldier, and he is it just fucking explodes into a barbed wire fence behind him, and his corpse hangs on the other side of it for forever now. <laughs> and, and, and again, the way that he instantly becomes this fucking hilarious mannequin is just is one of the most satisfying things of this entire life that I'm living. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to appreciate that. You got to appreciate some mannequining. Um oh god. Okay, there's not much in the way of dialogue that I enjoyed yeah. from this, but there's there's one moment where I think it might be Miles Dyson or Captain Hardass. In fact, I think it's Captain Hardass. It could oh, be a lab technician. It could be just a beal. I don't fucking know. But somebody says, "There's no blood in those quantum veins." Yeah. <laughs> Very Fucking dumb. Mate. I need more of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's there somewhere. Um, I enjoyed during that mission. Um, you know that mission, the the one where they have to drop yeah. the um the bomb right into the center of this oh, building. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. There was a nice little bit of audio nouse where you know oh, yeah. in the command center and uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. In the, in the command center, and Josh Lucas is, um, you know, talking to them from his cockpit, and as his voice is um, broadcast into the command center, it's echoey because it's a big, you know, like metallic space. And then halfway mm. through a line, it cuts to him in the cockpit, and the the um, the sensation of going from this math- massively like reverberated sound to this enclosed, like acoustically sealed uh, cockpit was quite satisfying yeah. for me. Hmm. Yes, I remember that. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the guy who is, you know, doing war, but in the worst possible way, there is a dude, a poor boy, who is strapped to a massive anti-aircraft gun Mm -hmm. that is firing off automatically, and he is being shaken around like nobody's business. Like, why does this man have to be attached to this thing? He cannot be aiming. This thing is pulverizing him as he just gets chucked around by this massive machine gun. Just war, mate. <laughs> it's the hell of war. <laughs> That's what everybody talks means when they talk about the hell of war. That boy. <laughs> that little uh, boy. That sweet gun boy. That gun. So in the um, same in the same mission, um, not as the uh, the little boy strapped to the gun, but as the uh, mission I was mentioning, the mission I was mentioning, um, the mission. he's just just before he. By he, I mean uh, our Lord and Savior Josh Lucas. He, mm. when he goes off, when he proceeds with this ridiculous plan, um, in spite of everybody saying no, don't do it, Joshua. He um <laughs> he pretends to have technical difficulties, so he can't hear what the command center are telling him, and yeah. uh, the command center is telling him. Um, great when I edit myself in real time. Um, <laughs> the there's a real blasé way that he does it, very emotionless, and then he just starts wrapping his helmet visor in, a, in very much a oh whatever the fuck I don't care piss off way, um, and and the yeah. the very yeah the very lackluster way that he does that before going into this full throttle high octane white knuckle ride was um was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I quite like Jamie Foxx's death because mm. his plane crashes and we cut to slow motion as the cockpit just pulverizes and flattens against the mm. cliff face followed by the rest of the plane which then turns into a massive fireball mm. yeah it's good lovely yeah um i but some of the shots even though it was all cgi i 
I, I liked some of the full throttle shots. They were just yeah. cool conceptually, I think. Um, yeah. And um, speaking of 2001, they were like, it was like they were going <laughs> into the, the Renaissance room. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, some of it just looked... Some of it just looked good, and yeah, it just it still managed to mean something to me on a visceral level, which is and and it's yeah, I I I think it's a conceptual thing. It is conceptually pleasing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's good. Um, sometimes you have to. Sometimes the movie just gives you the imagination to uh, yeah, you know, gives you the prompt that your imagination can complete. And that's the best you can ask for. <laughs> Mad libs for you. <laughs> um, so, I liked uh, when the scientist dude, fucking mm. Elon Busk, when he's um, going to clear out Eddie's uh, intelligence, mm. the display offers him the prompt, delete Eddie higher functions. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just such a verbose thing of just make him dumb again. Yeah. Do the, do the wrong thing. Yes, no. God, it's fucking... <laughs> so it, on the nose. It's born four, isn't it? With uh, It's flash drive. <laughs> yeah. Secret stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Please don't share, <laughs> lol. Uh, <laughs> I liked it when um, Tim... And by the way, the, the line... Uh, Allow me to introduce you to the future of AI technology. Tim. <laughs> um, but Tim, <laughs> Tim is the science guy. It's Tim is middle ditch. Yeah. He... Um, <laughs> he when he pulls the curtain to have a conversation, you know, uh, about Eddie as a nod to 2001, it was kind of charming. And it might be because the guy did exude a lot of Thomas Middleditch qualities. Um, yeah. And it was obviously ineffectual. Mm. And he should have known that. But it was like a... Similar to, you know, in Shaun of the Dead, when he goes up the, the play slide to look over the fence to see how many zombies there are. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just an inherently, yeah. like, silly and... That's good. Silly, meaningless thing. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Like that. Um, right, when Jessica Biel right. is fighting up against the uh, enemy forces and she's using her MP4, there's a good mm. amount of lighting there. There's a sort of vague dust in the air, and when mm. things get shot, they sort of burst with a sort of Jerry Brockheimer-style particle. You say Jerry Seinfeld. Business. A Jerry Seinfeld-style par style particle effect. It's crazy <laughs> went into that after the stand-up dried up. It was good, um, though. It is good, and f the funnier than a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah, just look good. It had a good aesthetic and a cool aesthetic for warfare. Mm. It reminded me of sort of the few aspects of Naughty's like, action movies that I did enjoy, and part of it was the kind of, I don't know, dirtiness or like um, smoothness and coolness to certain action scenes mm. that sort of had me going, and you know. Nice. Like Michael Bay without the obnoxious camera movements. Those two seconds of every Michael Bay movie that he gets right. Because you can't be bothered to <laughs> do anything extra with it. Those. You've got to. Yeah. You really got to. Speaking of dirty, the term "dirty Ooh. mission status" is a great term. Um, <laughs> it it sounds like something that is like euphemistically used for shitting yourself before you get to the toilet, but is not useful enough as a euphemism to actually shield the horrific <laughs> nature of the situation. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a euphemism best avoided by all. Dirty um, mission status. I, I shat myself. I know. Thanks, Granddad. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I don't think Grandad understands euphemism. Or, or not shitting himself. Or empathy. That's all he knows now. Uh, I'm out. I've got nothing left. I've got Ooh. nothing, mate. Yeah? Well. <gasps> allow me 
to <gasps> swallow what's in my mouth. Be out to you. And then allow me to just fucking both barrels this shit. Do it! Whoop! Here we go! So I, I did really want Josh Lucas to be honest about his feelings with Beale halfway through the movie after Jamie Foxx's speech about, you know, you shouldn't jeopardise it. If, if you're going to jeopardise it, then your feelings better be real feelings, man. Um, like, again, their chemistry. I, there was a shot where Jessica Beale is, like, tentatively alluding to feelings that she has for Josh Lucas. And Josh Lucas, yeah. remembering this speech, just cuts it off with... I'm going to go check out the nightlife in this town. And he's trying to be nice, but it's, it's so fucking cold about it. And I was there going, no, yeah. tell her that you love her. Keith Orbit is a great shit name. It's like, he yeah. Keith Orbit. Yeah, he changed his name to be more cool. What's a Keith Orbit? <laughs> it's Keith Orbit, everyone. Give him a round of applause. He's the best magician in all of Bolton. <laughs> he spent a year in Butlins. Uh, so, wow <laughs> wow and then they start clapping they put down their pasties uh so five minutes the, the medic who tries to jab josh lucas standing ovations better than foot queen medic the medic who tries to jab josh lucas um is is ridiculous but when josh lucas turns the syringe back onto him his death is so quick and even though he's thrashing yeah. about he's so quiet like he doesn't make any he doesn't scream or anything and he's, yeah. and he's just dead within about 10 seconds. It was quite unnerving. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like an unnerving close call. Mm. That could have been you, Lucas. Live every moment. <laughs> have him killed. Uh, the, the, the sniper sight pullback to show the trajectory of the shot to Beale. Uh, oh, I, yeah. There's a few words missing from that sentence. but um, oh, that, They'll string it together, yeah. mate. We've got good fans. We're at that time of the episode, mate. Um, it again, it's CGI, but conceptually, I I enjoyed it. It was it was a, a cool little, huh. cool little way of 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 doing it, and I imagine that's oh. about as much thought that went into the the shooting of it. Or the, you know, love it. That's it. That's ah. it. It's done. Oh God! Sometimes the end of quick fire hits you like that, folks. It's because it's because my final ones are the explosions and the ragdoll work, and uh, we spoke <laughs> about those already. We've spoken extensively about those, but you know what? We haven't spoken extensively about no. Not even a little bit. What? Is the OG team. Oh, great. We're so close to finding out that the OG team didn't have anything to say. Just you wait. I found out on two of the three platforms, and now it's just one left. No, oh, I hope it's the not most, the stinky one. It's the most important one, my friend. The one that takes me the longest to log into. Here we are. And now, <laughs> finally, I can authoritatively tell you that there were no comments. Fantastic. Fantastic. Don't see stealth, everyone. But, I mean, yes, to bring it back around to the raison, to the reason we're doing all of this, mm-hmm. it's, yes, I think it is emblematic of the Naughties. Um, yes, we already did that. We did talk yeah. a bit about how it is emblematic of Naughties action thrillers. And I'll be curious to see how that continues and tracks mm. through whatever Sean picks next week. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Uh-oh. Sean. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Say hi to Sean yeah. for me. I haven't spoken to him in a while. I will do that. But after we talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. Have you got one? Well, I've got six words of a sentence I intended to finish. And and I wrote, well, the obvious one is Top Gun Maverick. And and then then my brain didn't, didn't find time to think of anything deeper. It's tricky because there aren't a lot of sort of dogfight movies yeah. in the public sort of knowledge you know there's Dunkirk. wings 
There's the uh, Howard Hawke stuff. There's Dunkirk, which I love, and it's mm. yeah, definitely got better aerial sequences than this. As oh, yeah. being, I'm gonna you know, we're we're seeing confused. it at the IMAX uh, on Thursday. Yes. Oh my god, it's Can't so wait. good. I saw it at the IMAX this year. In fact, I took Jack, my housemate, and he loved it. It really blew him <sighs> away. Fantastic. It's an extraordinary see- uh, thing to see at the IMAX. Mm. Um, my god, I'm envious because yeah, it looks beautiful. So Dunkirk, absolutely, if you can catch yep. it in the cinema. Um, God, what I had an idea and I've completely forgotten what it was. Go- oh, yes, I would say for a franchise largely built around dogfights, mm. in terms of the Star Wars movies, there's not that many that really make me feel the visceral thrill of being in the cockpit of some of these planes. Mm. And surprisingly, one of the ones that manages it extremely well is one of the ones I'm not that fond of. But the final fight battle sequence in Rogue One mm. really is quite viscerally exciting from the perspective of a, of the aerial combat cool. of the thing. And I'd love to see more stuff in that vein because mm. it does a good job. I think possibly by having the fight happen within the atmosphere of a planet, yeah. you know, very much like the Battle of Hoth, for example, yeah. you do get a sense of the sort of interiority and exterior Ority. of the, the planes. Yeah. Cool. That just... Yeah, makes it a bit more dynamic and exciting. Are you not a, f- a huge fan of Rogue One? Not terribly much, oh. no. I find the characters very bland and the central... I, I find it very messy. Oh, okay. You know, I think the reshoots kind of make themselves felt, and I think Jyn story is um, very uninvolving. Oh. I like, I, yeah. I think, I've only seen it once. I, I really liked it, but that's, you know... Yeah. It's, I it's, liked it's it always... the first time I saw it. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones where it, it, it interested me less the more times I saw it. Yeah, I think the spectacle of it, when especially the way it ends, was so yes, it looks stupendous. Gorgeous. It's um, it, that's what stuck with me. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking film. Mm. I can concede that certainly. Yeah, well, lovely. Well, lovely, and that will do it for the one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about one good thing? Well, look, I try not to keep up too much with current trends and current, you know, more social mores and, and what people want um, or feel or need. Yeah. But I do know that if you go onto Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod, you can find yeah. out about everything. We post meals, poops, pretty much everything. Yeah. But we also post requests for the OG team for the upcoming movies that we are watching. And uh, yep. yeah, and if you've seen a movie that we're about to cover, and you have a good thing to say, or not, if you just have some non sequitur bullshit, you can also use us for that. Somewhere else you can do that is Patreon, where as well as having access to another forum uh, for you know submitting your OG teams, your OG teamins, uh-huh. oh. you, you get access to hundreds and hundreds of hours at this point of of extra content of discussing movies, of doing weird Fifty Shades of Grey parodies of. Um, the, and more, and uh, and, and you more. can do that for as little as a dollar slash pound a month, which gets you yeah. nothing. Gets you less than nothing nowadays. If you try to buy anything with a pound, they'd force feed you that pound, and then they'd they'd yeah. make you run for office or something. I don't know. It's petered out at the end of that. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Yeah. I'm pulled out. Oh, I'm petered pout. No. <laughs> Peter Powder. And remember, Peter Powter picked a perfect presentation of this film. And as a result, the best thing about it is, well, it's probably Josh Lucas. When he looks Jessica Biel right in the face and just gives a smile that suggests absolutely everything. And only I think he's a dick. <laughs>